I'm Sam Slater from Fun Calibre and I'm joined today by Will Argent, Investment Advisor to the VT Gravis UK Infrastructure Income Fund. Hi Will. Hi Sam. So could you explain to us how you would explain your own job to somebody outside of financial services? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, I manage an investment fund uh, which invests in a portfolio of publicly quoted companies um, and it has the objective of delivering a particular investment outcome. At Gravis, we specialise in the infrastructure sector and the portfolios I manage are similarly focused on that particular sector. Uh, my day-to-day -day role uh, involves company analysis, stock selection, constructing the portfolio, um, as well as on, uh, ensuring ongoing communication with investors. Mm -hmm. And what type of infrastructure does the fund actually invest in? Uh, the fund buys shares in companies that operate in the infrastructure sector. Um, as a result, uh, the portfolio is exposed to a wide range of critical social and economic infrastructure assets, um, which would include things like schools, hospitals, healthcare facilities, okay. um, governmental buildings, transport okay. networks um, and communication networks, um, and things like utilities. Okay. And you actually have quite a lot invested in solar and wind energy at the moment. Why is this? Uh, yeah, that's right. Um, renewable energy, um, so that includes wind and solar, uh, has accounted for a large uh, proportion of the fund over time. Um, it's been a major driver uh, of, of attractive returns um, and it's a big theme for us. We invest in companies um, who own renewable energy assets. Uh, so these are things like wind farms and solar parks. Um, of course, an element of the income streams will be derived from the sale of energy uh, mm -hmm. into the market, um, but the majority of cash flows received by these companies are still in the form of subsidy payments, uh, which are ultimately guaranteed by the government okay. um, and were introduced to stimulate the build-out of renewable energy capacity, uh, which is all part of an agenda uh, to decarbonise the economy. Um, in addition to the governmental guarantees, uh, those subsidy payments uh, are very long-term in nature mm -hmm. and have um, uh, uh, an adjustment annually for inflation. Uh, this combination of factors is really very attractive mm. to us. And can you explain to us why infrastructure investments tend to be inflation-proof, please? Yeah, well, um, many infrastructure projects and assets uh, will attract cash flows that are automatically adjusted for inflationary trends over time. Mm. Uh, the very long nature of infrastructure projects, uh, it means there's a real need to incentivise uh, and provide an element of security uh, for the private sector to commit to investing in them um, and undertaking the development of, of such assets. Mm -hmm. I think inflation-proof may be a little bit strong, right. um, but there's certainly a significant element of inflation protection afforded by infrastructure investments. Mm -hmm. One of the attractions of infrastructure, and indeed this fund, is that it pays a high yield, an income of around 5%. So this will obviously be very attractive to income investors, but why should perhaps a growth investor consider this fund as well? You're, you're right. Uh, the strategy is focused on generating income uh, for investors of around 5%, uh, but it's also focused on preserving capital in real terms, uh, which means growing capital um, at a rate that offsets inflation. Um, of course, investors don't have to take that income mm. from this fund, um, and they can instead buy accumulation shares, uh, which would reinvest the income rather than paying it out, mm -hmm. uh, and compound returns over time. 
So accumulation units are likely to be of greater interest to growth-orientated investors uh, who aren't invested, uh, in, interested in taking income. Mm-hmm. Um, the rate of inflation is not constant, uh, which means that element of our total return objective will fluctuate. Mm. Um, but it's reasonable to assume over time that our total return target will be around 8% per annum. Um, of course, any potential investor, whether growth or income, um, will need to assess whether that level of return is desirable in the context of the risk mm-hmm. uh, assumed by this particular strategy. Okay. And one of the, you've just mentioned the word risk there, but one of the biggest risks for this sector is political risk, because as you've said previously, um, a lot of the projects are actually backed by the government. So do you think there's a higher than normal political risk at the moment? Well, you're, you're certainly correct in identifying that as a key risk for the sector. Um, political uncertainty is definitely unwelcome since many infrastructure projects are supported by um, or originated under particular assumptions regarding policy. Mm-hmm. I think it's fair to say that political uncertainty is elevated at the moment. Uh, and so we certainly feel more comfortable investing in areas where we believe there's cross, uh, strong cross-party support. Mm. Um, for example, we believe that the transition towards a decarbonised economy, uh, so the green agenda, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, is something that will persist regardless of which party is in power. Uh, and that should, should uh, provide some security for our renewable energy investments. Okay. And one of the things they've been talking about today is the um, electric vehicles and the fact that the UK government might want to actually bring forward the date when they stop producing uh, cars that run on petrol and diesel. So is that that an opportunity as well? Um, Well, the the sort of development of the physical infrastructure, um, you know, the charging points, for Mm, example, that will need to be uh, built out to support such a transition, um, could potentially form a, an investable opportunity for us. Um, in the, in the, you know, we look for long-term contracted kind of cash flows linked to yes. assets, and, yeah. and they could feasibly be something like that in future. Mm. Um, at the moment, it's not really no. something that's investable. Um, you know, there are companies that are involved. You know, probably the sort of tech side of mm-hmm. things. You know, building out those, and then the sort of contractors that will be involved in. You know, sort of installing that stuff. Yes, and there's nothing in sort of um, storage, uh, battery storage. Yeah, so we are invested in battery storage. Right. Um, So in in both funds, actually, at Mm -hmm. the moment, we've got a small, we've dipped our toe uh, into uh, one particular company. A few have come to market. Again, we, we're kind of just assessing. Okay, uh, so early doors at the moment. Yeah, because the, the contracts there aren't as long-term in nature as we typically like. Mm. Um, and there's a bit of something called the capacity market, um, right. which is basically payments from the grid to to suppliers for basically maintaining capacity being mm-hmm. there. Uh, there's a big sort of hiatus there in those payments. Um, it's been adjudged by... Uh, uh, the EU to be a form of subsidy, or um, okay. so it's, it's being. It's it's a tricky situation at the moment, but um, you know, uh, in terms of the long term mm. contracts behind all this stuff. But um, at the moment, we're we're sort of doing fine with the sort of short term contracts that are in place uh, by the company we own at the moment. So okay. we're, we're just watching that space really develop. But it is important. Yeah, you know, it's critical for the transition between. You know, but all this renewable energy coming on. But of course, the problem with renewable energy is that it's totally um, unpredictable. It's intermittent. You know, mm. the sun's not always shining and the wind's no, not always okay. blowing. So, so how do you deal with that then? Do you have companies 
I suppose there was another um, farm manager I was talking to who was talking about Florida and the Sunshine State, and actually there's some great solar things over there. Yeah, Obviously, yeah. this is a UK fund, so in terms of solar, how do you manage that unpredictability? Of um, so, so in terms of from an investment point of view, mm. um, actually irradiation for solar and, and even wind speed, and um, you know you can model them over long periods and the variation of, mm. of sort of generation is not massive okay but in the context of day-to-day lives mm. so you know in the UK the the electricity market is essentially you know pricing is determined in in half an hour periods okay um, you've always got a need for a certain amount of baseload power for example and then you've got peaks and troughs at different mm-hmm. points of the day so renewables um, are very different to what we've had in the past, you mm. know, the sort of thermal, you know, coal and, and gas, for example, where you just click the switch and it's producing. Yes. Um, and it's always there. Um, you know, and that is the problem. It's basically ensuring that you have that continuation of supply, mm-hmm. um, but bringing on all these renewables. And that, that's, you know, so they're great in many ways, but the bad point is that, you know, it's not constant. You know? mm. And so you need to basically absorb all that energy yes. while it's going. Uh, which is where battery storage comes in, okay. uh, and then it can deploy it. Um, you know, at times of lower generation, for example, mm-hmm. or the actual companies running the batteries will basically be trying to absorb power when prices are low yes. and put it out when prices are high. You know? mm-hmm. um, so there are different angles. So yeah, so um, in terms of investment in that area over long periods of time, your generation should be pretty constant. But of course, the actual real everyday life. Mm. Um, important part is consistency of energy supply yes. you know, to the grid so Mm-mm. yeah it's really interesting thank you thanks if you'd like to listen to more of our podcast please go to fun caliber and subscribe thank you